0: I'm Scott Colbranson, your host, joined, as always, by my good friend Murph from Raiders Fan Radio. Uh, We're here to talk about the Raiders' 16-12 win over the New York Jets. The Raiders now 500, folks, 5-5. They have now won two in a row under interim head coach Antonio Pierce. I know a lot of you out there were doing the old Fred Sanford heart attack. You know, it was it was a crazy uh, ending. It looked like the Raiders had it wrapped up after Robert Spillane's big interception. The first Raiders takeaway of the game and then, of course, uh, they had to get the ball back to the Jets and the Jets heaved one of the end zone and got uh, played good defense, but also got a little bit lucky there. The ball hit off a couple Jets and it was close, but no matter how you look at it, it was a win. And again, Raiders five and five. Who would have thought after all of the just ridiculousness with former coach Josh McDaniels. all the things that we had seen over the course of this season to see the Raiders now win two in a row gets harder after this let's face it got to yeah. play the dolphins and the chiefs in consecutive weeks but it's a it's a one week at a time league so you got to be ready for that and I uh, appreciate everybody being with us if you're live with us on early or should say late sunday night east coast time Going to be morning pretty soon here. Thanks for being with us. I see the chat going crazy again uh, on YouTube. So thank you for that. If you're listening to us on Monday morning on the audio version, thanks for being with us. Hope you're still, I hope you woke up happy in your silver and black, uh, after your silver and black dreams, right? All the good stuff. But anyway, we're going to get right into it now as I welcome in Murph. And Murph, this one, boy, we knew, and Mo and I talked about it. I know you guys talked about it on your show as well, which was, this was going to be a this was going to be a slugfest. This was going to be a low-scoring affair. Both teams run the ball pretty well, although they didn't really get it going until the second half. Both teams uh, have have played better defense recently. I mean the, the the Raiders over the last 4 games we talked about it the last couple of weeks have just been doing great on defense. And then of course, the Jets have one of the best defenses in the National Football League, including one of the fastest defenses. And so it kind of went how we thought it would go, some interesting twists and turns along the way, but let's get let's get right into the voice of the fan and give us your feeling from this game and sort of uh the ups and downs. It was truly a roller coaster ride, but tell me, what do you take away from this, man? I mean, 5 wins already. I picked the Raiders to win 7, so I'm looking like I could be wrong. Again, road gets tougher but you make it, the team just starts believing in itself. And Antonio Pierce has had that reaction here uh, and they just did what they had to do to win
1: this game. Yeah, way, way, to, way to grind it out, Raiders, man. Way to battle and, and, you know, listen, you don't have to win pretty, you just got to win. And so for the Raiders <laughs> to freaking pull it out the way that they did, you know, last last week, Scott, we had the the absolute privilege of meeting a lot of legendary raiders, including Hall of Famer Mike Haynes. It was the first time I ever had a chance to meet Mike, and and I was so starstruck by him. And I asked I asked Valerie afterwards. I said, "Baby, can we have a can we have another can we, can we have a kid so we can name him Mike Haynes Murphy?" <laughs> well, after tonight, I'm ready to name him Bob Spillane Murphy. Let's go, man! Way to go, Bobby Mickey Spillane, to freaking close out the game and shout him out and his beautiful bride and congratulations on your on your, uh, you know, first born on the way. Like, what What an amazing day for that young man. And, uh, yeah, listen, Raider Nation, like, and I can't wait to go back and read the chat. And I always, always love to go back and read it. I can't see your all's reaction, but – if you're anything like me, man, you're pacing around the house. It's just me and the dog, and the dog is like, what, "What's all with all the yelling?" I'm, I'm out of breath. I'm, you know, it's just what an absolute insane fourth quarter that was. But listen, man, the you know, great players aren't always great, but they're always great when they have to be. And we had some of some of these current crop of Raiders were great when they absolutely had to be. When the game was on the line, despite the mistakes that were made earlier on in the game, despite even some of the like, I think the. I don't want to call them mistakes, but let's just call them misses on some of the play calling. I wasn't in love with some of the play calling on third down, especially when we had a chance to kick that field goal uh, at the end of the half there. So, I mean, there's there's some things that the Raiders had to overcome that were self-inflicted. But the bottom line is Antonio Pierce is a leader, He's a leader of men. He's got these guys believing in him and believing in the organization and believing in the in the in the spirit and the vision of what is going to be the Las Vegas Raiders in 2023. And so shout him out and cannot give him enough props, cannot give him o- enough love uh, for what this guy has done. I don't I can't recall in my fan brain and granted I don't follow every team in the NFL as close uh, as I do the Raiders. But outside of the the recent history of Dan Campbell I can't think of it a time where one interim coach change has completely flipped the organization on its head. It's completely changed. I mean, it's one thing, you know, we, we and we've seen plenty of interim head coaches with our Raiders, and we saw mm-hmm. Bisacchi have good luck, and we, uh, have, have good fortune, and, and end with a winning record and go to the playoffs. So we've seen positive things happen, but to have it do a complete 180 so fast I- – I don't know. Someone in the chat room, you tell me somewhere else where that's happened because I can't. I've been watching this game a long time, and this league and this team a long time. I can't remember where it's been. It's not even that it's been so fast, Scott. It's been so definitive. It's yes. a completely different football right. team than we were watching and rooting for three weeks ago. It's bananas. So I can't give that man enough love for for the, for his turnaround. It's been amazing.
0: Absolutely. And and I think, too, that you looked at the numbers and I had written it down. Of course, I didn't bring it into my studio here uh, after watching the game. But uh, the, the numbers too: interim head coaches winning the game after they took over the first game and then losing the second game. Overwhelmingly, the statistics show that they don't win the second game. So he's bucked that trend already, which is great news for Raider Nation and for the team. And listen, you know, there's a lot of lots of a lot of stuff to get into uh, tonight, Murph, because, look, you had a rookie quarterback making his third start you had a rookie interim coach basically he's never been a head coach at the NFL level in his second game a new play caller uh in hard agree who is just doing his second game as a guy who walked in one day and was told hey you're into the new offensive coordinator so so there's a lot of newness there right so there there were mistakes of course there were mistakes and so the raiders though and i think this is the big point to make and you touched on it a bit which is overcoming adversity. You go back to the the stuff and the that was a different type of adversity, right? It was all kinds of stuff. You had Henry Ruggs and all that. This is different. You had a leadership change again. You had all that stuff happen. And, and these guys have responded to it because I think, and as somebody said it to me on X.com during the game, man, if this was five weeks ago, this team crumbles and doesn't turn it around and doesn't win this game. And I was like, you know, I think that's a fair assessment because it just there's a different mentality there's a different vibe around this team and you can sense it you heard the broadcasters as much as it's hard to listen to Chris Collinsworth all the time it's it's uh it's something that that you can sense and you can feel and they talked about it right uh and and to have Robert Spiel and i said it i was i was doubtful about Robert Spiel when they signed him i was not I was like oh okay yeah okay yeah. you need a linebacker but this guy has really turned it up and become Johnny on the spot. Three interceptions, the most interceptions by a Raiders linebacker since 2006 or 16, excuse me, 2016. So it's been a long time, right? We've talked about that, that position being a black hole for so long, but the fact that this team has persevered, I mean, even tonight, Josh Jacobs fumbles twice. One went out of bounds. They lose the second one. I know a lot of folks out there think that he might've been down and he might've been down just, just, the video didn't show it, <coughs> so they couldn't overturn it. Excuse me. So you you see them overcome that, though. They didn't seem, you didn't see anybody's shoulders go down. You didn't see any body language that made it look like they were out. Now, again, five, six weeks ago, I think you do. I think we saw that, right? We saw Devonte Adams frustrated. We saw even Max Crosby frustrated. So you're right. This is a different feel. Where they can go, who knows? But if you're a Raiders fan, as you are, Burf, you have to feel really good about where it's going. We don't know what the future holds. We don't know what's going to happen with Antonio Pierce. We don't know any of that, and that's just fine because for right now, he's getting the job done. His staff is getting the job done, and the players on the field, while not always pretty, is get are getting the job done as well.
1: Yeah, when they were talking about on the broadcast about like you know what what changes. I mean, there, there's a lot of things that change culture, and there's a lot of things that can change the, the trajectory of an organization. But mm-hmm. when you, if you want to learn to be a winner, what's the best thing to do? Start winning, <laughs> right? And so right. the Raiders have now won two games. Now, I thought the Giants game was a statement, in, not because of the quality of opponent, but because of where the Raiders were, and then to decisively, you know, win a game and put up 20 points on offense and doing the first half and like there was a lot of things going on there with that with that win against the giants but it's one thing to do something once you got to do it again and the raiders have now followed up in a absolutely grinded out another win at home in front of a seemingly you know i don't know what the numbers are because i wasn't there but it, it seemed to be a lot of Raider fans there. There, We didn't hear a lot of, you know, and we've heard it on past broadcasts when visiting teams have been there where they have, you know, the, 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 the noise level has been to the point to where we're getting false starts in our home stadium. Anyways, we didn't hear any of that tonight. And so that was, I think it was another statement in terms of this is an elite defense. That freaking Jets defense is legit, man. Mm-hmm. Like they are legit at all three freaking layers of the defense and they have some damn gamers and Quinn and Williams. Like, I mean, my gosh. And so to, to have that defense, that elite going up against an offensive line sans Colton Miller, by the way, and for us to be able to grind it out and to win a game like that. Now I know that the the Jets offense isn't all that hot. And I know that, you know, Zach Wilson wants a lot of throws back and all that, but that doesn't matter. It's like the progression has started. So I said all that to say this, now we've strung together two wins. It's one thing to do it once. It's another thing to do it again. And then now we've got a tough game coming up against Miami. There are no such thing as moral victories, and it's only going to count if the Raiders can win. But it, we historically have played bad on the East Coast. No one knows that better than Antonio Pierce when his Giants used to whip the shit out of us. We would go to the but So it's it, if we can get a, get on a freaking plane, go to Miami, and play a highly competitive game against a freaking elite offense – Scott, I'm telling you, man, and then and then you got confidence going in going to Kansas City. But this season is already turned around. We've already gonna, we're already going to beat the Vegas odds, as you mentioned. The over under I think was six and a half on the season. I think the Raiders are going to easily eclipse that. I called the Raiders at nine and eight before the season started, and that was with Josh McFattier. So I don't. I mean, so <laughs> I think at this point, easily, I love it that I can say that too because you can't because you're a respected journalist. I'm just Aww. a fan, so I can call him name respected by some. <laughs> but anyways, but point being though, is that I think this is an important step in, in, in listen, no and, you know, and, and look, we're going to be matched in a lot of areas, playing, the, playing the dolphins. We're going to be outmatched in a lot of areas, playing, playing the chiefs. But if they're riding this, this, this momentum wave now, and you know, a lot of things can happen when you're riding emotion. Now it's not sustainable and you can't live on that for the rest of your season. But that said over these next couple of weeks, God forbid we knock off one of these teams. What's what is, well, then what's the narrative going to be around the league, man? Like it's good, ah, it's insane. And I think that it's reasonable to think that, don't you? Well, you could, yeah. And I
0: I look at it this way because again, this was the first big test, I think, for for obviously Aiden O'Connell, and we'll get into his performance in, a, in a, just a bit here. But the Raiders overall to play that defense. Now, the the, the Raiders offensive line did not overall have a good night. Okay. It just is what it is. They got blown back. They were playing a really, I mean, Quinn and Williams and Andre James. I mean, he's going to, he's going to hurt tomorrow because <laughs> he got blown up, but you know what? It, it it happens, right? You're, that's the thing with the NFL. And sometimes people, wow, we're getting, beat. yeah, but you're playing against a really good team. I know it's the jets and a lot of the attention, like you said, is put on their bad offense, except for Brees Hall. Uh and, and and Garrett Wilson. So you look at those guys, and they're both good players. Zach Wilson, of course, towards the end of the game, made an error. He threw the he threw the interception that Robert Splaine stepped in front of, made a nice play. He read the quarterback. You see the, you see the the, wow. the replay from 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 the rear side, from the quarterback side, and you saw him spying the quarterback the whole way and he jumped the route and and, and took the interception. So a great play by him, right? But you look at this and you say, yeah. The, the Raiders at five wins, what's it going to take to get in the playoffs? I know people are, oh, what are you talking about playoffs? And look, I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs, but at five wins now, you have to talk about it because they need, I think you're going to, to be in the playoff hunt at all, I think you're going to need nine wins at least, right? And you said nine and eight. And uh, to do that, I think they're going to have to sneak one of these games. They're going to have to upset somebody, yeah. yeah. right? So they play the Chiefs twice. And they got to play the Dolphins. And the Dolphins can be tough, right? Because, look, the Raiders can't play offense like they did tonight. And, of course, the Dolphins' defense is getting better, too. So it's going to be a tough game. But, again, it's week by week, and the Raiders just have to break it down. And I think that one of the things they have to do, too, is make big plays when it matters the most. So you look at tonight, and I see a lot of folks in the chat saying, well, they're playing above their heads right now. That's fine. But, but what isn't playing above your head is – at a time when when New York is driving, okay? And the game is on the line. Guess what happened? You made a play. They had no ta- they had no turnovers or takeaways, excuse me, before that. And and I commented right before it happened that that that's what they needed and they got it. So so you can look at a team and say, "Well, they're not very good." I mean, look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? The Pittsburgh Steelers are not that good and look where they sit, 6 and 3. Right? It's it's sort of crazy. So anything can happen, yes, but I do think if at being if you're a Raiders fan, you have to be excited at least that you have a coaching staff and you have players playing for that coaching staff and you see improvement in areas. Does it always mean that every area is improved every game? No. Sometimes you fall back a step or whatever, and we saw that tonight a little bit, but overall, you got to be happy with where it is compared to where it was, especially, and you just keep building on it.
1: Absolutely. And I and I listen, when you look at the standings right now, and I'm just glancing down at him here, we've got the Steelers and Browns are both at six and three. You got the Bills are playing tomorrow night or at five and four, right? Or the Bills are playing tomorrow night? Is that correct? Or Monday night football? That's correct. Am I mistaken? So there you go. So anything can happen tomorrow night. Everybody root against the damn Bills. Uh, but <laughs> so listen, there's so there's potentially three games or excuse me, three teams in front of us for a wild card spot. Like, that's not that far. Considering where we were Correct. and then now where we're at and that whole idea of, like, the, playing over their head, yeah, so do a lot of teams. So that some of you aren't old enough to remember the 1980 Raiders. Guess what? We were the first wild card team to ever win a Super Bowl. We were playing way over our heads at that point. It doesn't <laughs> matter if you're playing over your head. It, all that matters is that you put W's in the freaking column. And so if, if they're going to – again, and, and while I – I will completely, uh, you know, um, concede the idea that emotion is fleeting. And I've said that from from day one. Sure it it's yeah. not sustainable. You can't play like that. Week in and week out for freaking 20 weeks. I get it, but the but there is also a truth that if you're inspired by your leadership and the play and the success and your teammates and your the vision and the goals and all those things and Raider Nation and the mystique and all the things that we love as as raider fans, if if you're playing above your level because of all of those things, well, guess what? That could perpetuate a lot of good things. And so there's a let's let's not let's not dismiss The good, let, let, let just rewind the clock back a few weeks, Raider nation and look at where we were at. I'm over here in the, in the dumpiest of dumps along with so ever, so many other fans looking at how the season was going And we were completely defeated to the point where we were already looking at like not only being the worst team, one of the worst teams in the NFL, but we were looking at what the Raiders were going to do next year in the draft. We're all talking about the coach getting fired. People are talking about Mark Davis selling the team. Everybody's wanting a a VP of football operations. Like, think of the disaster that we were a few weeks ago. And now it's turned into this in that short a period of time. Like, don't dismiss the the success, man. Like, let's embrace it. And for what it is, and today, and now back-to-back weeks, it's come out in big Ws for the Raiders. And nothing better than. And listen, I'll just say this too: if you're any kind of a Raider fan at all, well, I don't want to speak to anybody. I don't want to. I'm not here to judge your fandom. That's not my <laughs> job. I'm not the fan police. But I'll just say this: if it's a prime-time game, Sunday night football, and the Raiders gutted one out and had some exciting plays at the end. That freaking touchdown! I don't know we're gonna get into the details of things, yeah. but that touchdown yeah. pass to Michael Mayer—God forbid—we have a quarterback that puts it up for someone to just go up and get it in a place where only they can get it. What a freaking joy that was yeah. to see that play unfold, and then had close it out with a freaking defensive turnover. Like, come yeah. on! Like that's—it's that's exciting shit. I'm sorry, that's exciting that's stuff, offensive. man. Yeah. Ah, it's so I get, I'm sorry. Maybe I'm just a sucker for it, man, but I love it. No, no, I listen. I
0: agree with you. I th- I think that you should be excited. If you're a Raider fan, look again, it's a rookie quarterback and and we're going to do that. We're going to, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get into some of the numbers. Cause you know me, I like the numbers. I like to talk about it a little bit and, and, and talk where the Raiders struggle, but also where they really succeeded. And you, you called out one of the plays I want to talk about as well, because I think it's important when you're, when you're judging a rookie quarterback, Uh, You can't look at just the mistakes. You have to look at the mistakes, but you also have to look at what went right. And there was a lot that went right with Aiden O'Connell tonight. So we'll talk about that when we come back. You're listening to Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast, the live post-game reaction show. Raiders 16-12 to winners on Sunday Night Football over the Jets. Don't go anywhere. All right, we are back here on Silver and Black today. The post-game edition Raiders 16 and 12 or 16 to 12, not 16 and 12. Uh they are 5 and 5. 500, yes, I know. I know. You want to be above 500 and the Raiders have a chance to do that now at 5 and 5. Uh they are are playing good football, not perfect football, and the offense struggled at times uh, during the win. But, of course, the talk was about the rookie quarterback, Aiden O'Connell. If you look at Aiden O'Connell on the night, he was 16 of 27, 153 yards, the one touchdown and the one interception. Josh Jacobs has his best game of the season, finally eclipsing the 100 yards. Remember the other night he only got to 98 because he lost a couple yards on his last carry. Uh, 27, 116, an average of 4.3. That's the Josh Jacobs number that we've been used to the last two years is that over four yards, a carry average. Uh, and he had his longest run of the season too, with 40 yards in the game as well. So the the Raiders statistically uh, did really well. If you look at it, uh, offense did struggle, but again, playing such a good defense and anyone who studied the game on the, on, on the, uh, the week leading up to it knew that it would be a low scoring game. That's why the over under on the game at the sports books was 35. Okay, so you're seeing a lot of these low unders this year in the NFL as defenses have caught up to many of these offenses. But Aiden O'Connell, you know, early on, comes out first drive, looks pretty good and and stalls and then comes out, throws the bad pick. And it was a bad pick. He made a poor choice. You're going to see that with rookie quarterbacks. The question is, how do they bounce back and then do they do it again? Right. Because doing it again, turning the ball over multiple times is what gets you in trouble. Now, the Raiders had the tur- t- two turnovers on the night with Josh Jacobs of that late fumble, which I know most people believe was not a fumble, and it probably wasn't, but there was no video to overturn the call on the field, so it, it stuck as a fumble. But Aiden O'Connell, the thing that that I focus in on is the decision-making, number one. He made one bad decision. He had a couple other passes he got nervous, threw the ball, short a couple times, you know, just typical rookie stuff. Even Chris Collins were talked about. I said, hey, that's a young quarterback. That's what they do. Like, doesn't matter how good they are, uh, you're going to see that happen. But when it came to crunch time, and this is what's so encouraging about this kid. And again, I'm not saying that depending where the Raiders finish, that they don't go get another quarterback next year. I think you get as many quarterbacks as you can until you find the right guy. But you have to like what this kid does because he, he takes a bad decision. He learns from it, comes back out and you can see him doing well. And the pass, he had a couple really nice passes tonight, but the pass to Michael Mayer in the end zone. I mean, Mm. you talk about a great catch. Yes, but it was spot on. There was no, no one else was going to get to the ball. That's what you have to do as a quarterback. You have to throw the ball to only to where your guy's going to get it. If he doesn't get it, it goes out of bounds. No harm, no foul. You go to the next down. Um, and, and I saw some people who were, were, were I think, nervous about him early on. But you're going to be on a roller coaster ride with a rookie quarterback, Burf. You're just going to. But you have to look at his ability and his overall work and say, okay, what else did he do? What else was he able to do? He got the ball out of his hand faster in the second half. So he made adjustments in the second half, which helped this Raiders team, I think, move the ball a little better. Now, they stalled a lot, too. Don't get me wrong. they gotta They got to change that. Some of that was on the coaching staff. You heard, you heard Antonio Pierce Murph come out after halftime to do his interview with Melissa Stark, and he said, "We got to run the ball, man. We got to run the damn ball." He said, "That's that's what we do. That's how we have to do it, and so that's what we're going to do." And they did in the second half too. So, so you have to like the fact too that the coach wasn't going to come out and blame the quarterback. He wasn't going to talk about, "Oh, we got to we got to protect the ball better," even though they should have. Um, he instead. He built that offense around the quarter. He was putting a lot of pressure on Aiden O'Connell in the first half. Not making excuses, but he was. He was. He's putting him in tough situations where he had to throw the ball because they weren't running it and they weren't getting uh, good yardage on first and second down, so it set up a lot of third and longs. Now, they come out, they change the, the the tact in the second half, and Aiden O'Connell did fine. He's not going to he's not gonna throw for 450 yards. I get that. But I like what I saw tonight, Murph. It gave me a lot of faith That he's going to grow over the course of this year uh, and these next two tough games, he's going to learn a lot from. And so you just got to have to ride with him uh, when it comes to the ups and downs.
1: Yeah, that's all you can do with a, with a rookie quarterback, and even one like C.J. Stroud, who's having an absolute ball of rookie year. Made some mistakes today, yes. but what, but ultimately you're not defined by the mistakes that you make. You're defined by what you do in response to them. I tell my kids that all the time, we're all going to make mistakes, but what do you do as a follow-up to that? You know, that's what's going to define your character or in this case, your, your your playing career, your on-field performance. What are you going to do after that? And so then here comes Aiden O'Connell turns right around and has some incredible throws, like the one that you mentioned. And also, the one that there was one to Devontae, and I can't remember the exact scenario of it, but he it almost seemed like he overthrew him a little bit. Yeah, but he, hey, what what a concept that one of the best, if not the best, wide receiver in football will go out there and get it. And so, and like, and those are the those are the ideas that have been missing from this Raiders team, frankly, for the past couple of years now, maybe even longer than that, in terms of. Where is giving trust in your your receivers, whether that be tight ends or wide receivers, to go and make a play on the football? So, it's, okay. we, we were we were kind of playing scared. We were kind of playing, taking the safe things. And and when you're when you're constantly playing safe, well, when you play not to lose, guess what happens? Right, you just freaking lose. So or you're not nearly as successful. So that idea that he's trusting those playmakers to go up and make plays, I think I thought was very very strong. Uh, the, and to, to go to your comments about. Uh, Antonio Pierce there at halftime. One of the things that I love about all of his comments, but in those, in those ones at halftime in particular, he's specific. And that's something that we were missing greatly when Josh McDaniels was at the helm is that it was all about, well, we need to execute better. We need to execute. It was very broad, very general statements, nothing specific. There was no personal ownership of it. I love it. Like, he he said something very specific but yet didn't call anybody out at the same time because you can do it and not be a jerk about it, but you can say, hey, look, man, hey, Bo, let's let's run the football a little bit more. We got the league-leading rusher back here. Let's freaking get this guy going, and and they sure did because going into that halftime, I mentioned just briefly there, some of the play calling on third down when you're in field goal range, and, like, we're winding up, like, four and five wide. Like, what are we doing? Like, yeah. just yeah. at least have Josh back there as a threat. Like, so I didn't agree with that from some of those 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 play calls that that, uh, that the hard degree was coming up with. And I don't, I don't think Antonio Pierce agreed with it either. So <laughs> guess what? They changed. And that fourth down call, like, I got to respect the freaking cojones. So ah, handing that thing off to DeAndre Carter like that. was a beautiful that. play. The design of that play hey. was gorgeous. It was designed well. It was executed well. You could tell that that thing was in their freaking bag, and they yeah. waited to pull that club out. And, I mean, but awesome. Like, we hadn't seen that level of creativity at all. And so, I mean, well, I'm going to say it all, but very rarely. And so, man, just what, a, what an amazing job by by those guys. And, and again, I can't compliment Aiden O'Connell enough. And, and yeah, Raider Nation, just hang in there, man. It's a fourth-round rookie. But you know what? That fourth-round rookie – I went to the Music City Bowl right down the road here at Nissan Stadium and watched him put up 500 yards against UT. Then absolutely, and scored like 58 points or whatever the hell they did. Aiden O'Connell can sling it, man. And once he gets caught up to the speed of the NFL, and I think even Collinsworth mentioned that, or even Tariko or whoever it was, that you typically in college you have a three-second rule when you drop back. Now in the NFL, Aiden O'Connell, you got about two, two point two seconds before you're going to start feeling pressure, especially when you're going against an elite defense like the Jets. He'll catch up. It just takes time. Like the the idea that like you know we're, we're in such a and I know and I understand that we expect guys that are that are drafted to come in and make immediate impact, but a fourth round quarterback shouldn't have that level of expectation that he's going to come in and going to light it up and be rookie of the year. Like we got to just ride with him and trust and hope that the, the surrounding the pieces and the coaching staff is going to set him up to be as successful as he possibly can. And that the team can just keep us close. He's proven that if you, if, if, if we can keep it close, he can get us in the dang end zone and win a football game. Like, I, I don't know what I mean. You, you, Listen, this defense is better than or as good as at a minimum of anybody else. We're going to play all year long. So if we can just keep a game close, we can beat the damn Chiefs. We can beat the Dolphins. And and that's what's so
0: impressive about him as a a quarterback. Not so much yet that he's putting up big numbers or any of that jazz, but um, he remains calm. Listen, he is he's cool. Now, he's got he's got some footwork issues to deal with. If you watch the tape. Uh, if you go back and watch the game, you'll see that a lot of the times when he has issues is when his feet are positioned wrong, or uh, he releases the ball too late or off his back foot. So, so he's got those mechanical, but those are easy to fix, right? You can you continue to work on those, and he will. The thing about it, though, is I and, and this is what I said a few weeks back, even when when he started the Charger game and they lost, which was he just moves that team. Now I know they had some trouble against this defense moving the ball tonight at times, but again, when it matters most, he moves the ball. He, at least to your point, Murph, puts them in a position to where things can happen. They don't always happen, and sometimes they got to punt the ball or whatever, but he's at least moving the ball. We didn't see that from any other Raiders quarterback this season, and you go back to when the decision not to play him after Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt the second time, and we're not going to dwell on that, but it goes to show you that, when you give somebody, uh, when you give somebody a a chance and you believe in them, then they're going to, um, they're going to continue to evolve and continue to have confidence in themselves, which is which is remarkable. So you have to be able to do that, and it's just good to see that uh, Antonio Pierce is giving him that confidence and giving him uh, what he needs, which is the support.
1: Yeah, because I mean that, that idea that the that Josh McDaniels chose to start Brian Hoyer over Aiden O'Connor, like what a dope! Like that's just—I mean, you can't. <laughs> I, there was zero scenario where that made any kind of sense to any of us, and the, for the fact that that guy was likely for, at that point fighting for his job, that was just—it just still breaks my brain on, on on the choices that were made there. And again, points towards the leadership. We will keep it on the positive points the, to, the, to the leadership and success of a guy like Antonio Pierce who out of the gate makes the call. There was no hesitation. Who's going to be the starter? It's going to be Aiden. It wasn't, oh, we're going to see, we're going to take a look at practice. We're going to – nope. He was definitive, and there's a lot to be said for, for definitive. For being definitive, there's a lot to be said for being confident, making a a decision. Doesn't mean it's always going to be the right decision, but make a damn decision and stick to your lane, (laughs) stick to the freaking plan. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. And likely you you see more success when you do those sorts of things, when you actually commit to something. And then what does it do? It breeds confidence, it breeds success, it breeds improvement. Like, so you know that, Scott. I mean, that goes beyond even just football, but like, pick a lane, man. Like, it doesn't, sometimes there's not good decisions or bad decisions, there's just decisions but you got to decide on something that's going to have a future that's going to have a brighter outlook not this short term that's the thing that was so confusing and again i don't want to get all negative again but
0: uh, yes we're back vibrator thank you uh we have by the way when you say his name is vibe raider no that's see that
1: that's her that's my girl valerie
0: oh that's valerie hi valerie <laughs> I, when I said your name fast, I realized what it said.
1: <laughs> She's got like, a pretty wild. Okay, right. <laughs> so
0: so we are back. Uh, sorry if you're up with us on YouTube. It's o- under an old title for some reason. YouTube is is giving us all kinds of problems tonight. So if you're there, great. If you're on Twitter, it's a second stream. But we appreciate you being with us. And I, I interrupted. Murphy was on a, on a good rant there, uh, but uh, we 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 are back here with you. And hopefully, you guys are all following us over there. Uh, unfortunately, the original the original um, stream cut out on us, so we're, we're we're trying to get get back up and going. But anyway, so so yeah, so you you saw all this with Aiden O'Connell. You see what's going to happen. You see what's happening with the coaches. It's just going to be an up and down thing, and and people got to ride with it. I know it's it's emotional for fans, and I get it. Like that's you want your team to do well, but you got to be encouraged, and I think people have to be happy that at least things are going in a direction where you can say, okay, there's progress being." I mean, remember how difficult it was to just, it's the the definition of insanity, right? Which is you you do the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Well, the Raiders have changed the way they're doing things and the results have changed.
1: Yeah, and we've had nothing, but a, we've been in a constant state of aggression since the 2021 season, since since the, the closure of that, when uh, we had a, you know, <laughs> I don't want to pick on anybody in particular. But we had, we'll just say, a rough series in the red zone uh, against the Bengals there in Cincinnati. Ever since then, we've been in a period of regression. So to now be in a a position where the team is actually ascending and the team is actually improving week over week, yes, I know it's only been two weeks. But again, you can't tell me as a Raider fan that you can't look at this organization and the direction that it's trending and the energy and the spirit and the culture and everything that's changed. It feels good to be a Raider fan right now. It didn't feel good to be a Raider fan three weeks ago. It felt like shit. Oh, sorry. I keep swearing. No, it's it okay. Felt, yeah, it's it late felt, night. Hey, it's morning in my time zone. So we're good. <laughs> All right. Well, it felt like ass asked to be a Raider fan a few weeks ago. Yeah, it was terrible. I mean, the team was terrible. The culture was terrible. The messaging was terrible. You had fans yelling at the owner. You had, you know, the, every it, whatever. You guys know what it was like. It wasn't that long ago. And so to now have that kind of a of a, of a change, even if it's just been two wins, but the absolute spirit of the organization has flipped. And I'm, I'm telling you, there's a... a even going back to last week when we, we so was, it was a week ago this last Friday when we were in, in Vegas for the Bolitnikoff Foundation Crab Fest and so many of the Raider legends are in attendance. I mentioned at the top of the show getting to me, uh, us getting to meet Mike Haynes for the first time. Of course, we talked to Freddie. We talked to Jim Plunkett. We talked to Phil Villapiano. We met Antonio Pierce. Brian Kelly is there. Sandra Douglas Morgan was there. Of course, Mark Davis. Is there. I mean, I go on and on. A lot of Raider brass was there. Everyone was fired up. Everyone had energy. And that was before they ever even played a game under this new regime. And so now to have that energy to carry now what's going on in this season, I'm telling you, it's palpable. That's the word I'm looking for. It's palpable, Raider Nation, that there's something there different go. going on. And there's something different going on. And, frankly, this is the most energized I've felt. I'm not, I'm not trying to overshoot this thing. And I know pump the brakes and keep perspective. And I know save all that for me. But I'm an emotional guy and there's an emotional game and whatever this is the most excited i've been about the raiders since probably 2016 and, and i genuinely mean that because when john gruden came in yeah we were kind of fired up and it was like oh the return to chucky and all that kind of stuff but he traded cleo mac and you know what i mean and it was like oh you know what i mean and then we didn't do anything with it we didn't you know it was just a, a there was a, de- a decline after that, and then, of course, they started to ascend a little bit, but then you had the Gruden firings. We were pretty fired up. I'll take that back. The win against the Chargers for us to make the playoffs was pretty exciting. I was very excited, and, and being there and watching that game live with my Uncle Mosh there in Vegas, and we had an absolutely amazing time. That was a pretty incredible experience, and Raider Nation was riding pretty high after that. That was one week, and then the next week it was over. And then we've been in regression, as I mentioned, since then. So really outside of that one blip on the radar, this is the most anticipation, like excitement that I've had around the direction of this organization in a very, very long time. And it, and I will say this too, it's not just Antonio Pierce, it's Brian Kelly and Sandra Douglas Morgan. And I'm so glad they called out the idea that that's the first three African American folks that have led an organization. Incredible. Incredible mark davis following in in his father's footsteps of being a maverick and i loved his comment he said oh i didn't even think about that i was just bringing in the people that i thought were going to do the best job that's what it's all about being a raider and that's what's going to freaking propel this organization to the next level y'all i'm telling you we're on the precipice of something big i'm already bought in on antonio pierce i'm so bought in especially after this i was bought in last week but now i'm i'm the guy drives a freaking Impala. He's from Compton. He freaking like he's a Raider. He will tell you that. Like, what else do you want? Like, what? And I'm gonna say one more thing, Scott, and I promise I'll shut up. But I feel like I didn't talk to you last week, because so I got so much to get off my chest. I had this re- realization: it takes a very unique and special individual to coach the Raiders because the Raiders are so unique and special. They're different. You can't plug and play coaches. You can't take some other bullshit way and try to make it a Raider thing. No, you got to take Raider things and make them Raider things. You got to be a Raider to do Raider shit. Like you, it's if we're so unique to our own. It's a completely individual and 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 I keep just using the word unique, but it's it's so different. Than the way that other organizations are run. We talked to Lincoln Kennedy, was another one we interviewed last week, and he said it. He said everything this organization does is unique, except play football. That's it. Other than the play on the field, everything else the Raiders do is completely different from every other NFL team. That's what a head coach has to understand in order to have success coaching this football team. This isn't just coming in and coaching the damn Jaguars. And I'm not crapping on Jaguar fan or coaching the stupid chargers who are whatever. I'll save the the charger rant, but you guys get my idea here. This is not a plug and play organization. And we now we don't have a plug and play guy. That's why this thing is going to work. And that's why I'm so fired up.
0: Well said there. I'm sure I'm sure lots of folks believe in that and hear you too. I see it in the chat and uh, it's good. Also, our good friend Rossi down in Australia says, Irish cannon to the Irish bulldozer for a touchdown with the mayor, <laughs> which is pretty funny. So a lot of people are having fun with it, which is great because uh, you got to enjoy the wins when they come, no matter how many you get. But, but you hit on something there too, which I know that the the broadcast team tonight on the Sunday night game talked about, in fact, the whole pregame, they did a lot about it, was, was what you were just talking about, which is the, the, the Raider way, right? Because this whole Patriots West stuff that came in and failed miserably, uh, Mark Davis realized it, and that's part of the reason he made the movie. he made, was that's not who we are. Who we are is we're the Raiders, and we have a way of doing things. Even if it's been a long time since it's been successful, the fact of the matter is it's, it's, a, it's a culture, it's a culture inside the building. It's a culture for the fans and and people who don't understand it. And I used to be one of those until I started covering the Raiders almost eight years ago. I didn't get it either. Right. So, and, and being inside it and getting to know people, uh, I I get it. And so I think for outsiders, they don't quite get it, but Mark Davis does. And obviously Antonio Pierce does. And that's a big deal. We have to also talk about the defense, right? We talked about Robert Spillane with the big touchdown, the Raiders, Uh, lost Nate Hobbs in this game to injury. He went out, excuse me, Amik Robertson, not Nate Hobbs, Amik Robertson as well. So they were already thin there. Tyler Hall comes in and does a pretty good job. There were moments for that defensive backfield, but there's going to always be moments. And I just like what this defense has been able to do. Uh, And up front tonight, Max Crosby was disruptive enough. They really keyed in on him. The Raiders still need somebody on that other side to make a play here and there. Divine Diablo did tonight as well, which was good. So I I like that you're seeing these younger players develop at a rate that is increasing week by week. Again, the Raiders tonight did not give up a touchdown, right? So that you go back the last three games, they've given up three touchdowns. That's very encouraging. And have they played the best offenses in the world? No. Detroit's pretty dang good, though. You saw yeah. what they did today. So going in against Miami, yeah, it's gonna be a tough one, Murph. But this defense, I think, has a swagger to it, and it has a confidence level that is increasing. They again had to do what they had to do to help win the game, but that's what you want. You want complementary football. And they got complimentary football at the key moments when it mattered most
1: yeah and and, you know there's it's often noted that teams take on the personality of their head coach well what was antonio pierce he was a freaking grinder badass linebacker like that was what and that his persona is really what the entirety of that giants defense was that he played with and that was the Giants' defense that took out the Patriots twice. And oh yeah, by the way, on one, one of those ones, it was when they were, you know, the only team that's gone undefeated throughout the uh, the regular season, the playoffs, not named the Miami Dolphins. So the idea that that's what he personifies, and now that's what he's bringing to this secondary, or excuse me, that's what he's bringing to this defense. And so I think it's 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 prevalent. I mean, you can't. If, again you go to the eye test you go what do your eyes see raider nation when you watch a raider game this defense looks different they're flying around the football uh i'd like to see a little bit more wrap up in the secondary marcus Epps and freaking decorian bennett like decorian bennett this ain't the acc man you can't just go throwing your number zero into guys and expecting them to go down that ain't gonna happen you gotta go in there and, and, and put some dang hands on folks uh but anyways outside of that I mean, you you see an inspired play, and even though, as you mentioned, you know Max Crosby had had a, a Max Crosby game, and unfortunately, we didn't see some of the the you know the the interior pressure that we that we saw last week, and we definitely want to still seek some consistency there. We want to see Tyree Wilson get better. I was looking for him, really hoping for him to have a play late on that last Jets drive, but unfortunately, you know, he just kind of gets sucked up in the blocks a little bit, but but still, but the point is though. Despite the challenges, they're playing inspired and they're, they're, listen, they're just making plays when they have to. And, And so we can, we can cite all the negatives, but at the end of the day, the defense did enough to win this game. And the defense was the one that closed this game. Out so let's rest on that. Let's live in that Raider Nation until there's a reason not to. But anyways, but bottom line, this team is taking on the spirit of Antonio Pierce offensively and mostly defensively. Scott, don't you think? Yes.
0: Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. And 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 it's true. You the, the organizations, uh, teams, units, they do take on the 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 attitude of their leaders, and so they've got they he's got them fired up. You saw too after the game the dancing going on in the locker room. This team is happy you know they' they feel free, and when you feel that way, you perform your best so so at least if the Raiders can be the best team that they are right now with the talent they have on the roster, that's all you can expect from. Them. I do have a chat uh from let me see this uh where is it go it just it just rolled down on me somebody was asking if 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 oh here it is two red rings are we going to be in danger of losing our d c Patrick Graham to another team as a coach I don't think so I mean oh, Patrick great. Graham's doing a great job. But remember, he doesn't have that much experience even as a defensive coordinator. So he had the year before he got to the Raiders with the Giants. And then uh, now he's in his second season as d- defensive coordinator. So it's third overall. And I don't think so. Um, what happens with the staff afterwards if Antonio Pierce ends up earning the job and becoming the head coach, next head coach, the permanent head coach? then uh, I would expect him to stay. If that doesn't happen, then as in most coaching changes, you see most of those guys go. So we'll see what happens there. But I, I, I agree. Patrick Graham deserves a lot of the credit because he got a lot of the criticisms last year and some of those were fair, but for whatever happened that week of the charger game, that's cause that's when that defense started turning. Uh, it, it made a big difference and this team is playing to the best of their ability. Yes. They have some holes, no question. But that's OK. I think you have to just you play with who you have. and If you can get the most out of them, right, Murph? That's what that's what you have to do as a coach is you might have a position you're thinner at and you just got to get the most out of the guys you have. And that comes down to the coaches and the staff there and the whole defense. You got to give everybody on that staff credit for what they've done uh, and and how it's changed the trajectory of this team so that the offense can catch up and start to get moving, which they have started to do.
1: Yeah. I think that's the true talent of coaching is that capitalizing on the strengths of what, you know, what, what players you have in the building, like what, what can they do? Well, what, you know, what does Bob Spillane do well? What does you know, Jenkins do well? What does Max Crosby do? Well, what does Marcus Epps do? I don't care. You pick, you pick a player on on the defensive side of the football. What do they do well? And then put them in the positions to take advantage of that. Don't try to pack them into some box that they don't belong and having them do something. It was like, you know, to go to the offensive side of the ball and just to decide something so we, we did a lot of this, this man blocking up front with the offensive line under Josh McDaniels' offense, and then after Bo Hardegree comes in, now we're in more of a zone blocking scheme because, oh, yeah, we have athletic offensive linemen, and that's what they do better. They're better at that than they are in, in, in man-to-man. We don't have Trent Williams there, so we can't just line up and maul people. We got to get a guy like Colt Miller moving. You know what I mean? Because that's what he does well, and so that idea that you put your players in positions to be successful—that's what I think is what is the mark of a good coach. And was and do, did Patrick Graham get an unfair rap from us as fans, me included? I'll put my hand up. I have a paper bag over there that says "Fire Patrick Graham" along with Johnny. <laughs> But did he get an unfair rap because he was freaking handcuffed by by Josh McDaniels? And now that they, the, 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 the cuffs are off, he's able to do some pretty th- impressive things, I think, with this defense in terms of the movement, in terms of the blitzing, in terms of those things. And, you know, and, and, and so to answer the question in the chat, you know, would mm-hmm. Patrick Graham move on as a head coach? I don't think so, because you, typically you you see offensive coaches are the ones that get on the move other than like Vrabes, you know uh, you know, other than maybe D'Amico Ryan's like typically it's your offensive guy, but I'll tell you the guy that could get marked and he won't, and he won't get picked up as a head coach, but could get picked up as a, I don't know what his contract looks like, but get picked up as a coordinator somewhere is Bo R That guy keeps calling good games, and he takes this offense that couldn't score 20 points, then now, of course, I know we didn't do it again tonight, but that was a different kind of defense we're playing tonight. But we'll see how the rest of this year plays out. If we start putting up consistent numbers on offense, that's the guy that people are going to target. Then, you know, they're going to bring you, someone's going to want to bring him in to be the offensive coordinator. And I think that's going to be a challenge. And I think you guys even mentioned this, and if I'm repeating it, um, something that you, you, I don't want to just repeat your your Mo's thoughts, but I think that's going to be a challenge if Antonio Pierce is retained, as you mentioned, He's going to cycle through these offensive guys if he has success, because that's not something that he does. So he's going to continually having to be, you know, um, you know, hitting the well for for offensive minds to kind of come up and to handle that side of the ball for him.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting because I I look at this too. the one of one of the things that I like most about Antonio Pierce is something he said last week when somebody asked him, well, you tell us about how, you know, Mark Davis says you have a chance to earn the job. And he quickly shut off the question. He said, listen, I'm not worried about then. I'm worried about now. My job is to coach this team now and to focus these players on this week. So if we do well, if we do our jobs and we do a good job there, then guess what? That stuff will take care of itself. And I think, I know it's it's natural for us in the media, fans, you name it, to look at this and say, okay, what does the future look like? But right now, he's not even worried about that. And I don't think anybody on that staff is, too. They just want to be successful for the guys they have in the locker room because they've, they've obviously, through this, gotten so close and believe in one another. And so you have to just take it as it goes. The future isn't going anywhere. It's going to happen. Something's going to happen. Once the season's over, however it ends for the Raiders— they're going to decide on who the full-time coach is going forward, whether it's Pierce or somebody else, and then you worry about it. But right now, you got to worry about football games. Right now, if I'm Antonio Pierce, I'm probably not even enjoying the win. I'm going back to the office and say, okay, how the hell do we stop Tariq Hill? Right? Because Look. that Miami offense is high-powered, and they have not faced an offense like that yet. Okay? There's not many in the NFL that good. So, And, and it's struggled the last few weeks, too. So what are they going to see? We don't know but they're going to have to come up with a plan to do it. And that's what he's focused on. And you guys should all be happy that that's what he's focused on. He's not focusing on something down the line. He's focused on winning football games now because he knows the only chance he has to be head coach full time is if he wins more football games. So guess what he's going to do. He's going to focus on winning football games, uh, which is a good thing. That's what your coach should do. He's not worried about it. And that in itself too, Murph, is very freeing because, again, the team senses that. The team knows, I'm not worried about my job, man. I'm worried about you guys coaching you up, making sure we got the right game plan to put wins on the board, maybe get us in the position where we might actually be on the cusp of making the playoffs. So that is very refreshing, uh, and it's not political. You don't have any issues there. You don't have any dealing with all the crap they dealt with with the previous coach. So, so it's, it's a good time, I think to be a Raider fan, to feel good about what's going to happen the rest of this year and then you see where it goes on from there.
1: It's all about enabling others to their own successes and your success will be a residual of those And, and that's what it's all about. That's what he's doing. Antonio Pierce and you know, and and I and I mentioned, uh, you know, Champ Kelly earlier. He, he his comment in that opening press conference. I wrote it down and I've repeated it a thousand times since then, and it's stuck in my brain. That when asked about his future and his potential of of, of having the job uh, going forward after this season, he said, "I'm not worried about that. I'm all I'm worried about is attacking this moment with confidence." And that is just, I mean, if 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 there's uh, you put that on a damn t-shirt and live your life by that standard yeah. attack a moment with confidence like that to me you know it, you, you you're nervous about a thing you're concerned about a future you get what well, you know what you can't do anything about that all you can do is attack the moment that you're in with confidence and i think that that is just a brilliant statement and and i think that's exactly what antonio pierce is doing as well and guess what that fires people up because like as, nice. as you mentioned. That ain't nobody worried about their contract right now, and nobody worried about you know is this team going to make the playoffs? And that's not what they're worried about. They're worried about week in week out being one and zero, and that's why they're celebrating. And anybody that's the celebration police and wants to poo poo on the Raiders for their, their the way that they're embracing success, man, I I got one of these five fingers on one, on each hand for you. I'll just say that because you know let the Raiders. Oh. I love the idea that people don't like what we're doing cuz guess what that's being a Raider. We don't do shit the way that you like it to be done. You know yes. we do we do things our own way. And so that idea that and, and I don't know, and I didn't see any of the, the post stuff. I saw Devontae dance in locker room, but I don't know if they got another 100 cigars fired up yet or not. But if they do, more power to them. Do whatever you're going to do raider, in Raiders and whatever you want them, you know, you want to enable Antonio Pierce. I think it's awesome and and that's again because it's the moment. You're going to be this is all you can control. For, tomorrow will take care of itself and you know, you know there's all there's so many clichés about yeah, there you, is. Know, you know you know what I mean like tomorrow is yesterday's today or today is tomorrow whatever all that stuff is I don't know. But you look know at, what look, it, it, you know, it, it comes anymore, it comes
0: down to and again, I don't know. I I know people are fired up and anything is possible. I never say anything is impossible, right? But Antonio Pierce becoming the full-time coach, I don't know if it'll happen. I really don't. I have no—I couldn't sit here today and say, I think it's going to happen or I don't think it's going to happen. I don't know. But I do know that the man is a force multiplier, right? He's a guy who gets fired up, and he gets—it's he gets. It's contagious. When you're around people like that, it's contagious. You heard of the broadcasters talking about it tonight. You hear the players talk about it. You hear fans. You met him last week at Crab Fest, which we're going to talk about here right before we leave. Uh, so, So that's a good thing. So Raider fans should feel good about that. And um, it's a positive move. It's in the right direction. And winning two games in a row is a good start for this team. And we'll see where the next two weeks uh, take them. Now, Murph, we know, uh, obviously, with the One Nation Foundation, you were in Las Vegas last week. And you attended Crab Fest. So tell me a little bit about that. I know Mark Davis donated $250,000 to the Blitnikoff Foundation, which is huge. Um, but you guys were there. You, Michelle, and, and, and Jeff were there. And um, there's somebody in the comments who said that, by the way, they want Jeff to dress, dress up like Taylor Swift for your show before the Chiefs game, which I am full support of. So, Jeff, if you're out there, I think Murph's going to get you a blonde wig, so get ready. Yeah, he oh, – go ahead. No, I was going to say, but run us through that. Tell us how the event was. We all, I mean, I watched the show, so I saw you guys do the show there. It was amazing having all those people on and, and you guys were having a great time uh, seeing you all dressed up, seeing Jeff with his hair all done nicely and all that jazz. It was fun, but tell yeah. us about it. Tell us the, the about the great news with the donation and everything that went down.
1: Oh, thank you. And, uh, and address the comment there in the chat. So, uh, Jeff's dad, shout out. Woody, uh, was, is, is famous here in a local radio station in Nashville for, for kind of breaking Taylor Swift back in the day. And so there, that's wow. there's kind of, it's kind of a connection back in there. But anyways, I'll, I'll, but so yeah, Jeff's got a unique connection to all that stuff. But anyways, um we'll dress him up anytime you want. <laughs> hey, listen, the Raiders keep winning, we'll swaggo we'll dress up like Taylor Swift every week. I don't give a shit. We we'll keep it rolling. But anyways, but but appreciate you bringing up about uh the uh, the crab fest it was it was the best one yet that we have had a chance to attend and um, you know Mark Davis that show off giving out one hundred two hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars he's got a few more bucks than we do but we were able to give fifteen thousand uh, dollars on behalf of Raider Nation though you know we were so thrilled uh, to be part of that event once again and so much respect to all of those of you uh, that enabled us to 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 give that that uh, that donation and uh, and we always whether it was on the check presentation or in conversations with with Fred and his uh, lovely wife, Angela, who runs the foundation, we always note that these donations don't come from us here at Raiders Fan Radio, that we, uh, you know, we raise our money through the One Nation Foundation, and 100% of that money comes from your generosity, it comes from direct donations, it comes from merchandise sales, it comes from advertising, it comes from all those uh, amazing folks that that, that uh you know give to the foundation uh scott you and mo have been amazing and thank you for this platform first and foremost but also your generosity in giving to the foundation uh shout out will compton and his generosity we've had corporate sponsors i'll save you the long list and i could spend an hour just telling you how thankful we are for everybody but th- to get to the event um, the event was absolutely insane. It was the best. I mean, uh, you know, we had, uh, you know, we had a front row seat to Antonio Pierce's second speech as a head coach of, of the Las Vegas Raiders. I mentioned earlier, all the the Raiders brass was there. So many of the Hall of Famers were there. We were so thankful to get to interview uh, a lot of them uh, that that were in attendance, just by time constraints, we didn't get to everybody, even though we had, this is how good it was, Scott. We had Jim Plunkett jump line in front of Sandra Douglas Morgan. So we didn't get a chance <laughs> to speak to her because the Super Bowl freaking MVP jumped in line. He's allowed to do that. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so like, you know, so that was the kind of uh, experience that it was for us. It's a fan's dream come true. And if you ever have a chance to attend the event, uh, I would highly encourage you to do so. Scott, we'd love to see you out there, um, you know, next year if, if you can make it out. Uh, it's it's absolutely incredible. And again, we just we can't thank the Bolitnikovs enough. Uh, we we are, are very proud to be, you know, I, I told Fred, I said, think of us as a, an extension of your fundraising, because we're going to we're going to continue to work with them. We're going to get bigger and better each and every year. And we're also gonna to continue to work with the good folks at Raider Dad. Uh, we're gonna get that bigger and better with, with our buddy Josh Kamenite, Gosh, yes. where we're taking underprivileged kids to, to Raider games. So um, a lot of cool stuff going on with the One Nation Foundation. And thank you to all of those of you that have supported us throughout this year and look forward to seeing where this thing is gonna go. And again, chat room, I can't read it, but we just know we love you guys, man. And, and, and know that we always, again, make a very distinct point about the idea that it's you all it's your it's the listening audience that makes this stuff happen we're just the, you know knuckleheads with microphones i like to talk about our favorite football team
0: i love it man and great work by all of you guys on that it's amazing to be just a tiny tiny part of it uh it makes me proud too because i love what you guys are doing it's a it's a huge huge deal and if you guys don't know about it make sure you follow Raiders fan radio if you don't already watch it please do go subscribe to the channel subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your audio and you'll see the job they do all the time go Murph
1: can I tell you super quick Speaking of Antonio Pierce give you an idea how cool this guy is and something that you can get in on to help us fundraise for next year Raider Nation swag Jeff was over there taking a picture with Antonio Pierce and he said hey coach he goes We've got some jerseys. If you get a chance, we'd love to have you sign them. We had four One Nation Foundation jerseys with the number 23 for the year made up. And, of course, anybody that was on the show was signing them as they're coming in. Uh, We didn't interview Antonio Pierce, but when Jeff said that to him, he said, well, let's just do it right now. So Antonio wow, Pierce went wow. over there and signed all these jerseys for us. We're gonna be auctioning those off this year on Raiders Fan Radio. So stay tuned. Not only will you have Antonio Pierce on there, you'll have two of the three Raiders Super Bowl uh MVPs on there, Hall of Famers are on there, Chris McDonald, Dennis Hayes baird It's it's absolutely incredible pieces of, of the word. I've one of this, it's similar to this one that I have hanging up over here. Uh we where we've got George Atkinson and Lincoln Kennedy and yeah, Greg yeah. Townsend and whatnot amazing and we're going to get them jsa certified so they're legit pieces but again it all goes uh, anything that we auction them off for all goes to the foundation but i just want to tell you that how cool in person how cool antonio pierce is man he is what he says he is and how he how he presents he is yeah
0: that's good man when you meet somebody like that and and they're genuine you could tell too right you could tell immediately with people like that that are genuine and and really mean what they say but uh, again, just uh, great work by you guys, and um, I know we're working on something too. Actually, I forgot to tell you. I'm telling you on the show. I have a call tomorrow with our guy on that issue, the thing we're working on. So I'll, I'll catch up with you tomorrow afternoon uh, once I talk to him. So very cool stuff in the Thanks, works there. Thank but you, thank bro. you guys, so and kind. make sure make sure you guys all support the One Nation Foundation. All our super chats are going there, uh, and and I, I should have mentioned that earlier when we kicked off the show. I didn't. But if it, it's okay, you don't have to do it here. You can always go to Raiders Fan Radio on Wednesdays, on Wednesday evenings, and do that as well. So it's good. Listen, Raiders sixteen to twelve winners over the New York Jets, and just a, a great a great day to be a Raider fan. I mean, this team fought hard for this game, and it was a big win. Love to see Aiden O'Connell play well, and to see this defense just again since the Charger game, they continue to pour it on, make big plays when they have to. They have now given up just three touchdowns in three games. Amazing. Going back to the Lions game. So you got to like what's going on with this Raiders team. Uh, Murph, man, as always, thank you so much for being with us, especially into the wee hours for us on this one, uh, the the primetime night games. But we'll uh, we'll get in touch with you next week because they'll be on the East Coast. They'll play early for for the West Coast. For us, it's middle of the afternoon, which is great. But we'll we'll talk to you after that game. We'll see how the Raiders are able to handle that that big Miami offense.
1: Look forward to it, Scott. We do an annual event around here. The always the Sunday before Thanksgiving. We call it Italian Thanksgiving. We cook up pizza. We cook up sausage and peppers. We have a lot of sauce, rigatoni, meatballs, the whole nine yards. We get to get the whole family together to be like fifty of us here. We're gonna all be freaking eating amazing food and rooting on the Raiders. So uh, we'll be coming to you live, and there might be a bunch of uh, of Italians back here behind <laughs> me yelling. I love it. All right, brother. You take care of yourself. Let's get in the fans. Let's go.
0: (laughs) There you go. Murph from Raiders fan radio. Uh, Always fun, man. I love doing the post game shows with Murph always brings positivity. Even when things are tough, he's positive, which is great. Uh, But I want to thank you guys all for joining us here on this live show after the game. uh, Just fun to watch the Raiders tonight. It was, it was, it was, uh, I know it gave a lot of you a heart attack at certain times when you were going back and forth on what was going on with this game, but you got to love the positive momentum for this Raiders team. You got to love again, what the defense is doing. You got to like the fact that the rookie quarterback is learning. Yes. He's going to make mistakes, but that throw to Michael Mayer made it all worth it. And I hope to see a lot more of that connection coming up in Miami on Sunday. But uh, do us a favor. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your audio. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit the like again. Sorry for the technical issue where we had to split the stream and get over on this one. Just one of those crazy YouTube things that happened. So thanks for being with us and hanging with us and coming over to the second version of this show. And, and doing that, we appreciate it. We will be back on Tuesday. Mo and I will be back on Tuesday. We'll go through the game one more time, get a little more technical with it, and talk about what we saw and, and what the Raiders did well enough to win what was going to be a low-scoring game anyway. So we appreciate you being with us. As always, without you guys, we're not here. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being with us. For our producer, Mike Robier, for Mo Mo, and for Murph, I am Scott and This has been Silver and Black Today. Everybody take care and have a good week ahead.